Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to chill your bone marrow and bring you more tales from the dark side for your ghoulish pleasure. Before we get started, as always, let me invite you to visit us at myhaunteddolls.com and check out our shop where I have all of my books out there that I've published. Get your autographed copy today, perhaps a photo or even a bumper sticker that says myhauntedolls.com. Be sure to go there and check that out, and while you're there, visit the links, and you can find your way to my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash My Haunted Dolls. So be sure to check those out and watch my videos of the creepy things captured in my haunted collection. And now, without further ado, let's get on with our first story for this episode. I've rounded up a couple of chilling, thrilling tales for your pleasure, so I hope you do enjoy them. Sit back and relax. Make sure those doors and windows are locked. And if you hear a strange sound from across the house, for God's sakes, don't go and check it. It could be someone with a butcher knife. (laughs) Ah, but enough of that. Let's get on to the first story. This one is called... Thing in the Cabin. The old man was weak and sick. His body would not last much longer. I made the old man get up and walk to the window. He looked out and saw them standing there in the snow. There were four hunters gathered outside the cabin. I saw them, too, through his eyes. The hunters carried long guns, and they were shivering with the cold. One of them walked up and banged on the door. Hello in there, he shouted. Hello, we're lost and we need a place to stay for the night. I pulled the old man away from the window and made him bar the door. We have a little money we can give you, the hunter shouted. We just need a warm place to spend the night and a little food if you can spare it. We're freezing to death out here. I made the old man throw another log on the fire. You don't need to be scared of us the hunter said. We'll leave our guns outside. We don't mean you any harm. I made the old man pick up his rifle and aim it through a slit in the cabin door. Then I giggled as I made him pull the trigger. There was a loud bang, and one of the hunters dropped in the snow. He didn't know what hit him. The others were taken off guard. 
They dragged their friend's body away and took cover behind the trees. Gunshots exploded, ripping through the wooden door and breaking some of the windows. I released my hold on the old man's brain and he collapsed in a heap on the floor. I flew up the chimney and soared above the cabin. The gunshots stopped and the hunters retreated. They would be back. I flew high above the treetops and followed them. When they were below me, they were setting up camp and building a fire. There were three of them now, a fat one, a skinny one, and a bearded one. The dead one lay nearby, staining the snow red with his blood. I had no use for him. The bearded one chopped wood with his axe. He looked healthy and strong. The skinny one was struggling to light the fire, while the fat one just sat there and watched. I listened as the fat one spoke to the others. He told them that they would camp there for the night, and in the morning they would attack the cabin and kill the old man. I sat there in the branches of the tree and waited for night to come. When it was dark, the men curled up around their blazing fire and tried to get some sleep. I waited until they were lying still, and then I dropped down noiselessly into the snow. I crept towards the fat man who was wrapped up in his fur coat, snoring peacefully. Slowly, I reached out and took hold of the fat man's mind. I made him get up and walk over to where the dead man lay in the snow. I made him kneel down beside the corpse and take out his hunting knife. Then I made him saw through the neck of his dead friend. When he was done, I made him smear his face with blood. Then I made him pick up the severed head and carry it back to the fire. I released my hold on the fat man's mind, and that's where I left him, standing in front of the fire, smeared with blood, and holding the dead man's severed head. When he looked down and saw the head, he screamed and woke the others. They scrambled to their feet and stared in horror at the severed head the fat man was clutching. I watched it all from the safety of the trees. There were shouts and more screams as the skinny one and the bearded one grabbed their guns and blasted the fat man until he lay in a bloody heap on the snow. Now there were only two. They sat by the fire and waited. I watched and waited too. They were waiting for dawn to arrive. Then they would attack the cabin and kill the old man. 
The bearded one threw more wood on the fire. He was too scared to sleep. The skinny one was weaker. He lay down and closed his eyes. I took my chance, creeping up to the skinny one and reaching into his mind. I made him take out his hunting knife. I made him slowly get to his feet. The bearded one stared at us, wondering what was going on. I made the skinny one leap across the flames and attack the bearded one. The skinny one was weak, and the bearded one was too strong for him. I knew he would lose the fight. I released his mind and flew into the trees to watch from a safe distance. There was a fierce struggle, but in the end, the bearded one prevailed. He plunged the hunting knife into his friend's chest and left the skinny one to bleed out on the snow. Now there was only one. I flew back to the cabin and slipped down the chimney. The old man lay on the floor where I left him. I took hold of his mind again, and we searched through the cabin. There was not much in the place that I could use. In a rusty metal box, I found a pair of garden shears. The handles were rusty, but the blades were still sharp. I made the old man pick them up. I made him look out the window, and through his eyes. I saw the bearded one coming across the snow, his gun at the ready. Come out, old man! The bearded one cried. Come out, or I'll kill you. He fired his gun, and a bullet ripped through the cabin door. I made the old man shout, "Okay, I'm coming out." I made him open the garden shears. And placed the blades at either side of his neck. Then I made him throw open the door and walk out into the sunlight. When the bearded one saw him, he stopped in his tracks and raised the gun. "What are you up to, old man?" he demanded. The old man didn't say a word. I wouldn't let him. The bearded man cautiously approached. "Why did you have to start shooting at us?" he asked. "We didn't mean you any harm. We just needed a place to stay." The old man resisted me, and for a moment, I lost control. A thin wail escaped his lips. "Help me!" he begged. I regained control of his mind, and summoning all the strength he had in his withered arms, I made him slam the handles of the shears together. The blades snapped together, slicing off his head. It fell to the ground with a thud. Then his body crumpled and collapsed in a bloody heap. My grip on his mind was broken, and I floated upwards. The bearded one was so shocked and stunned that all he could do 
with stare and horror at the terrible sight. I took advantage of his momentary weakness, dropping onto his shoulders and reaching into his brain to take charge. Now he was mine. After we dragged the bodies into the cabin, we feasted on the remains until I was satiated. I made the bearded man throw another log on the fire, and we sat down in the rocking chair. Together we rocked back and forth, enjoying the heat from the roaring flames. The bearded man was strong and healthy. His body would last a long time. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought that was a fantastic story. Talk about possession. But they do say it's nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> now, are you scared enough yet? Well, don't get relaxed because I have another chilling story to get you riled up with fear. This next story is simply titled, Step, Step. When I was a kid, my parents would sometimes bring me down to my aunt and uncle's place to stay for the weekend. Mainly I'd spend the time playing with my two cousins, who were around the same age as me. They lived on a small farm with plenty of open space, and we could run around doing pretty much whatever we wanted. If we thought we could get away with it, the three of us would sometimes cross over to the neighboring farm about a half mile away. It had been abandoned for decades, with a scattering of derelict buildings and other structures still standing on the property, just begging to be explored. This was, of course, a gold mine for three adventurous young boys such as ourselves especially after my cousins told me stories about how the place was haunted. It was pretty classic fare. A man goes crazy, axe murders his entire family, hangs himself, returns every night as an angry spirit looking for new victims. Good grisly stuff, eh? Well, even at that age, I knew they were probably making it up, or at least embellishing old rumors. But seeing as how the settling lent itself to such well-told tales, I allowed myself to buy into it. One afternoon, we decided to play hide-and-seek. When it was my turn to hide, I ran off for a flimsy brown barn that had living quarters on top and climbed the stairs looking for a good spot to hide. There was still furniture inside, musty and rotting, and personal belongings lay scattered across the floor. 
I maneuvered over broken dishes, tattered clothes, and crumbling books, eventually coming to a small bedroom with a closet. Jackpot. There were even long black dresses still hanging on the rod that I could hide behind. I stepped inside and managed to force shut the folding door. My only illumination was a slit of sunlight that shone through the crack in the door from a nearby window. I crouched down with knees tucked into chest and waited. Some time passed and there was still no sign of my seekers. I waited some more, debating if and when I should give myself up. After nearly an hour, this was starting to get boring. My head drooped. And then I awoke with a jerk. It was pitch black. Drowsy and confused, I forgot for a minute where I was or what I'd been doing. As it slowly came back to me, the realization that it was now night and that I had been abandoned here filled me with a sinking dread in the pit of my stomach. I tried to get up, but a sudden cramp in my calf kept me grounded. I squirmed about, waiting for it to pass when I heard a door slamming shut downstairs and instantly froze. Was it one of my cousins? There was a brief period of silence. Then, footsteps at the bottom of the stairs. But not just footsteps. A thud, too. After every other step. These weren't the footfalls of a child. They were slow, heavy, and deliberate. Step, step. Step, step. Step, step. I held my breath, praying they would go away, but they did not. The noises continued to ascend until they reached the top of the staircase. Step, step. Step, step. Step, step. After another moment of silence, the walking resumed, this time along with a steady scraping sound like something heavy being dragged across the floorboards. Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. The footsteps made their way through the debris and wandered aimlessly through the various rooms. I thought I could smell something faintly putrid. The constant scrape sent cold shivers coursing down my arms and back. My worst fears were realized when the steps reached the bedroom doorway. Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. They got closer and closer and finally stopped directly in front of the closet door. I couldn't see a thing. After an agonizing pause, they continued on over to the other side of the room and out the doorway again. They faded down the hallway. 
Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. Step, step, scrape. I waited for what seemed like an eternity. There were no more sounds now, and I was trying to build up enough courage to open the door and flee. Three things happened simultaneously just then. I was bombarded with a smell I can only describe as fresh roadkill. I heard raspy breathing behind me in the dark closet. And I felt hot breath against the nape of my neck. That was enough for me to hurl myself out of the confines of that nightmarish space, relying on memory and scant moonlight to navigate through the darkened house. All the while I heard footsteps chasing behind me, closing in with terrifying speed. Step, 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 step. It was a clumsy, torturous escape full of trips and bumps and blind stumbling. I never looked back, at least not until I had burst out the front door and into the country night. And when I did turn around, I saw... absolutely nothing. There were no footsteps, and nobody was chasing me. That did not stop me from running, though all the way back to my aunt and uncle's house. There was a police car in the driveway when I got back. My parents were there too, worried sick. Everybody demanded to know where I'd been. Apparently when my cousin still had not found me by evening, they'd returned home to tell their parents. Eventually the police were called in and informed me they had already scoured every building on the farm. The insinuation that I was lying about my whereabouts did not go unnoticed. None of it made any sense. It wasn't until years later that one of my cousins filled in a final piece of the story. He and his brother had spent hours searching for me. Like they said, but the part they did not tell anyone was that they thought they spotted me in the window of the bedroom I was hiding in. When they got closer, they saw that it was not me. A young boy neither of them recognized was smiling and waving down at them and gesturing them to come upstairs. That's when they ran back home. And all this while I was asleep in the closet. Well, have you had enough chilling tales, kitties? Well, boys and girls, don't go away just yet. I've got one more little story to tell you 
just to make sure you have some extra nightmares this evening. <laughs> this next story is called Shush. My name is Sabrina. When I was a little girl, my parents took me to visit my grandmother. She lived in a little village in the countryside. Her cottage was very small and there was only one bedroom. My grandmother slept in one bed, my parents slept in the other, and I had to sleep on some cushions on the floor. We stayed there for a few weeks and I was troubled by terrible nightmares. Every night I would wake up screaming. My parents tried to calm me down and asked me what was wrong. All I could tell them was that a man was coming to get me. I can still remember the cause of my terror. Every night I saw a shadowy figure emerge from behind the curtains in the corner of the room. He was pitch black and all I could make out was his outline. He was tall and hairy. I would watch in horror as he came crawling towards me with a sickening slowness. He came up to me and whispered something in my ear, and just as I was about to scream, he would place a finger against his lips and whisper, Shush! 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 He tortured me every night to the point where I dreaded going to sleep. As time went on, he began to appear not only at night, but also during the day. One evening, we were all watching TV in the living room, and at some point, I happened to glance to my left. The curtain slowly drew back, and I saw the man standing there, staring silently at me. He raised his hand, put his finger to his lips, and whispered, Shush! 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 I let out a horrified scream and immediately told my mother what I had seen. She got up and went over to the curtains, pulling them back and forth and showing me that there was nothing there. But of course by then he had already disappeared. When the holiday was over, we went back to our apartment in the city, and the nightmares stopped. After that, my grandmother would always come to visit us instead, so we never went to her cottage on vacation again. As time went on, I stopped thinking about the man, and eventually forgot about him altogether. One summer, when I was 13 years old and my little brother was 5 years old, we went to stay with my grandmother again. My parents were in the kitchen having a cup of tea with my grandmother. They asked me to get my little brother ready for bed. While I was preparing a mattress on the floor for both of us to sleep on, my little brother was sitting on one of the beds. I noticed that he was being unusually quiet. When I looked up, I saw that he was staring at something. 
What's wrong? I asked him. Then suddenly, he jerked his head around and looked at me, his eyes wide with fear. Sabrina, he said, pointing at the curtains. The shush man is standing there. Needless to say, my brother and I spent the night sleeping in the kitchen, and we never, never went to visit my grandmother's cottage again. I hope you enjoyed those macabre tales of terror. I enjoyed sharing them with you. And now it's time for me to say goodnight. But don't go away too far because I will be back in the near future to share more ghoulish tales of terror for your macabre enjoyment. (laughs) Until then, stay wickedly good. Keep those doors and windows locked and those covers pulled up tight. Pleasant dreams, but by all means, have a happy haunting. Ha <laughs> ha